Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to this week's Grow Guides from High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. This week's Grow Guides, we talk about scrogging. That means screen of green. This is where you use a screen like a net or a grid above your plants to train them and keep a nice, even level canopy. And this is much more efficient for indoor grow lighting to make sure all parts of the plant get an even amount of light throughout the whole lot of the grow tent so no space is wasted. It's very efficient, a great way to grow your plants indoors. And we're gonna explain everything you need to know throughout these grow guides here. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something from it. And of course, there's all the grow guides which we've done in the past where you can go back and refer to any of the subjects that we've done beforehand. Or if you know somebody who wants to learn how to grow their own cannabis too, then you can tell them to go to episode one and our grow guide series will teach them everything they need to know to be able to produce their own supply of cannabis. So make sure you share these episodes with friends if you know anybody who wants to learn how to grow. And of course, refer them to PersysGrowRoom.com if they need any help as well. And if you are not a member of Percy's Grow Room already, then head over there and sign up too. It'll be good to see you over there. So anyway, for now, this is Grow Guides all about scrugging cannabis plants. Enjoy. I'll speak to you at the end of this. So this week, scrugging, aka screen of green. When you're growing indoors, Pretty much you want to try and keep your plant the same distance away from the light all around. To prevent your plant from getting too tall, you try and low stress train them, like we spoke about last week, so they keep a flat level canopy. So the whole plant is just the same height away from the light. But a screen of green is a a real easy way to do the low stress training because instead of using string and everything to tie down each branch, you're going to have a grid over the top of your plants so you can train them into that instead. So you don't have to tie anything down at that point and you just train it into a screen. Now, when we say screen, we're talking about something like a net with uh, square gaps in it throughout the whole net. And you just put that above your plants and you train the plant as it grows and just keep tucking it underneath the net to the next square to stretch out and keep it as flat as possible. So, uh, Monkey, do you, you, you ever done a scrog? I have done a scrog. Um, it's a very easy and efficient way to do uh, a tent. Uh, it does take a little bit of work up front, but once you're into flower, when that scrog is set up, it's pretty much uh, just cruising after that. Uh, Willie definitely has a ability to increase your yield because it's mm-hmm. going to give you a tent full of, of nice level flat buds if it's done right. What about you, Marge? Is this something you've tried in the past? It is actually. Yeah, cool. we used to always put it up when we did our, our bigger indoor grow. It looks beautiful when it's full, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Really impressive looking stuff. What about you, Bubba Hawk? Have you done this? Yeah, once or twice. Um, I, I train a lot LST. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can generally get them fairly fairly bushy out so but if i'm if i'm going to be running photos and i'm going to be doing a full ten of photos yeah i'll scrog it yeah man what about you tg mm, no when i when i first bought like my four by four it came with a screen so i put it in there <laughs> but it, it wasn't actually like you doing anything it just was there yeah so no i don't intend to do that because I, I usually grow like 
a lot of plants. So mm -hmm. I don't need to. Well, one of the big downsides to scrogging is once the plants are trained into that scrog, you're not removing them. So, you know, you can't take them out of the tent again. You can't clean in the tent. You have to clean around everything. But once they are in that screen and began to flower, you can't take them out. So I think that's the biggest negative to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially for guys like me in the UK, it's always a concern because at any time it's like, we've got to come around doing an electricity check and check all the sockets in your house to make sure oh. that they're safe. And it's like, fuck, <laughs> you know, I've got a six week scrog. He's got like four weeks left on it. These motherfuckers want to come and check all the plug sockets in my house. Can't move these plants. Ruins the whole thing. You have to chop it all down and get rid of it. There's nothing you can do. So yeah, there is that one detriment to it, but there's not there's not many really. I think it's a real easy way to grow and it, it massively increases your yield and in, increases the quality of the buds as well because you don't get that lower down, the laugh, the popcorn buds, the, the buds that are a little immature, you know? You just have nice solid colas across the whole screen. Yeah. And say so if you're restricted, like if you if you can't, like I do, you know, sometimes I grow nine or twelve plants in my four by four. That's in play, like you said, play places like you, that's super risky. So mm -hmm. keep it down to, you know, four. Yeah, four plants um, into a scrog. Something like that. It's much more efficient doing a scrog to fill out your canopy. So so, let, so let's talk about the best ways to scrog. I mean, first off, you don't want to do it on tiny plants. You let them grow for a few weeks first, you know, if they're, a, if they're from seed or it's a cutting. Uh, when I do it, I like to let mine go for about, uh, I do a couple of weeks and then top them at the third or fourth node to, you know, I always top my plants. And then I'll let that grow up a little. And then uh, and about four or five weeks in, I'll put the screen on top of them. Then I'll just be tucking there for a few weeks. So it's, it's really easy to do. The type of screen you want to be looking at, you'll see screens online that are pretty much nets and they're made out of string or fiber of some kind and you mount that above the plants. But you'll be surprised how strong cannabis plants are and they would just push that fucking net upwards and it, it doesn't have as much um, resistance against the plant as you really need to get a nice level canopy. So what I like to use is a metal screen. It's a metal grid. It's the set, got the squares in it, like just shitload of squares. Um, and they're three and a half centimeters by three and a half centimeters each square. And it goes four foot one direction, four foot in another direction. And that, that's perfect. A piece of fencing can work well, but you want the spacings to be pretty big, but not too big at the same time. You know, that's, I think three and a half centimeters is just about perfect uh well, what kind of screen do you use uh bubble hawk oh i i make my own mm. when i when i do it um i just use a bit of pvc pipe and i'll um i'll just basically grid it up with some builders line nice um so it's it's basically string line mm -hmm. um but i find i mean depending on on the the strain and on the on the on, on the plant growing and what level it's at i i prefer to use something that's got a bit of flexibility in the in the wire mainly because it's quite easy for it to snap and push its way through. And mm. so for me, having a little bit of a movability around um, on those squares is always good. Mm -hmm. What about you monkey? what do you use? Uh, pretty much similar to what bubble Hawk does. I don't, I don't scrog a four by four. I'm doing more of a two by four scrog. Mm. And if you have a smaller, narrower net like that, you can get plenty of tension in the, in the strings that the, you're not going to have a problem with the plants pushing it out the way. 
So I just basically will build a, a three quarter inch schedule 40 PVC frame and string that with butcher's twine. And then when I'm done, cut the twine, pull it out, take the plants. We're mm. done. Nice and easy. Yeah. Nice. Nice and easy. Yeah. But what, what do you, what did you used to use Marge when you did your big grows? It was uh, like, a, like a roll of, I want to say it's sort of plasticky. It seemed plasticky. I don't mm. know what it was, but it had like little squares in it. And we would just run that across the top of the, the frame of the table and just let the plants grow into it. And then it's like that cheap plastic fencing. Yeah. That's what work. people would use it for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. because it's, it's, it's like a grid, a metal grid, but you don't want to say grill because it's not a grill. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's difficult yeah. to describe exactly what it is. But you, you'll find it. If you look for just, uh, in the metal section, the, the metal fencing section, but you can buy on a roll. Usually, you can find something that's good, but that is a uh, can be used for a scrub. But I mean, I've got a real nice diary. I've got the montage actually, which we bring up on occasion. It will show you the the whole process of a scrub grow. I did a screen of green jack hair grow before jack hair is underneath it, and I trained them into uh, a scrub. And you can see step by step as it gets done. So as I said, I'd let the plants grow top them, say about four or five weeks, I'll put the screen over the top of them. And then I'll start letting the plants grow upwards through the screen. And each time it goes a couple of inches over the top of the, uh, over the top of the screen. So it's growing through, it comes up a couple of inches. You'll grab that branch and pull it back down and tuck it back underneath the screen again. So, just and pop it down to the next, next hole is all you're doing. Mm -hmm. just pop it to the next hole and let it run. And that's it. You don't weave it in between squares or anything like that. You just simply pull it down and move it as far as you can throughout the screen. Just spreading the plant out as much as possible. Yeah, first time I did a scrog, I actually thought you had to weave it in and out. And of course, I was happy to learn I did not have to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, cool. But that's pretty much the whole process. There's some things that you need to take into consideration when you're doing this, uh, when you're doing the scrubbing. If you're growing in a big tent where you can't reach the back of it, then you're going to need to have access to the back and the sides as well. You know, if you can't reach to a specific section in your plant from the front, I mean, a two by four is going to be pretty easy. You're going to be able to reach anything, but when you get to a four by four, five by five, these kind of tents, you're not going to be able to reach from one side to the other to do the training that's necessary. So you need to have the side doors on it or, you know, uh, like them Mars hydro tents, they've got side doors on so you can get to the back and to the sides nice and easy. So take that into consideration too. And don't have it put right up against the wall because you're going to have to get around there sometimes. So it, it can be a squeeze, but it is definitely worth doing it. So just make sure you can reach to the back because you don't want that back just growing out of control while you're training the rest of it. True. So, so I mean, what else can we say about scrogging really? I mean, that, that's, that is pretty much how it's done and what kind of uh, net you're going to need. Yeah, how to trim. Sorry, Mark. beginner mistake I made was always trying to conserve height in the tent. I also didn't consider the fact that the scrog net was going to conserve the height. Mm. And so I did my scrog net as I would normally do any other training, which means that the net was pretty close to the bottom, close to the pot. So when it came time to do the lollipop and clean out underneath the scrog, mm -hmm. it was a lot harder than it had to be. Because if I would have just raised everything up a little bit and left a little bit of working room under there, mm -hmm. you know, that working room that allows me to water the plants easier and get rid yeah. of the waste and all that stuff. So planning your scrog, take a look at what you got and understand that 
your canopy is not going to be much more than a foot taller than the top of the scrog. So you got plenty of room in your tent. So yeah. make it easy on yourself. Well, so, you're right. going to have the, uh, you, if you're growing in cocoa or something, make sure that you've got an easy way to get the runoff out. Cause as mm -hmm. we said, the plants can't be moved once they're in that scrog. So you're going to have to have, so if you're in trays, just have one, a little slope. So the water runs to the front of the tent. You can get it out from the front there. Uh, and, and we've you have to be able to get a watering wand back in there to get your pots. If you get if your net's too low, you mm -hmm. won't be able to water your mm -hmm. pots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like a foot, around a foot for the pots, and then another foot gap there, or maybe even a foot and a half, 18 inches is cool. If you if you put this the uh screen there and let your plants grow into it, that's plenty of room to move around and do things. Nice. So well, when you start uh when you training this plant you know it grows up and it will grow real fast as well every couple of days you have to go in there and readjust everything and it can take a while when the plants are big if you're doing it sooner four by four you can be in your tent for a couple of hours just moving everything around to the next square and that'll be happening every few days after about four say six weeks you've you've done all your training and the screen is around two-thirds full about 70 percent is cool uh then you, you know, you got the edges left. You got a little bit of space around the sides and in the corners. Then that's going to be where you want to flip it to flower because over them two weeks of stretch, when it's in the scrog, it will fill the rest of that scrog and get an inch or two over the top of it as well. And this will be strain dependent to some extent because some strains will stretch more than others. But I think that's just about the uh, the right kind of estimate. You don't want to overfill it. Because if it just grows too tall above the the screen, it's airflow is going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Just knowing when to flip it to flower and when to stop training, and my, my favorite place to stop training is uh just as the flowers start to form, so about ten days after the flip usually. Let the stretch happen, and then keep an eye out for the the flowers forming, and don't train don't train into the scrub much longer than that you actually need that little bit to grow above the screen one or two inches to grow above the screen as well because that's where the flower is going to grow and when, once you're there you just chop off everything else underneath the screen which sounds crazy you know but it, it really does help with airflow and feeding all the good shit to the good parts of the plant that are getting the light that needs it yeah and you want to make sure not to do that lollipop underneath underneath your scrog until after you have flowers if you do it mm -hmm. before you will have twice as much stuff to train above yeah it, it'll it'll cause an explosive stretch so it's best not to trim anything off until the stretch is finished and, and that's throughout the whole lot of vegetables once it's topped just uh put that screen over it and let it do its thing train whatever is grown you keep in until after the flip and after the stretch and then you want to get rid of everything else underneath the screen mm -hmm. and you have nice white fluffy flowers on top mm-hmm then you just let it do its thing. You just let it grow. You don't train anymore after that. And if you do, it can get dangerous because they'll fucking, you can break stems easier when they've gone into flower for a bit. Yeah, you may have to do a little bit of slight defoliation on the top every now and then to get rid of some excess leaves for airflow, but mm -hmm. nothing much major after that. It's just mm -hmm. pretty much autopilot. Scrog can get boring. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But when you go past, like, uh, when the stretch is finished, when the training mm -hmm. days are done, but the training days are hard. You, you can be in there. I mean, I was in there every day at some point for like a week, just retraining, retraining, retraining. It takes fucking ages, man. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. But it, only at certain times for the first four or five weeks, you're not really doing much, you're just talking things now and again. 
and then growth will explode when you get to a certain stage of veg and you just keep training, 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 training. Now, the uh, doing out under the, the screen was my most unfavorite part uh, because, I, again, you know, I was so low there. I'm, I'm used to taking plants out of my tent to do, to do the trimming and, and the lollipop and everything and putting them back in. So mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I would find myself laying on the floor looking up. Yeah, it was kind of kind of a weird thing, you know. I've thought that like, would it be easy? You know, you see in the movies on the TV all the time, somebody's working on a car, they've got that skateboard they lie on, slide oh. under the car, <laughs> mechanic slide back creeper. out. Yeah, like the guy the out of half eight, isn't it? Like, get me a gym fall, a toilet roll, and a toothpick. <laughs> that guy, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> <laughs> it just comes out from underneath the car. So I thought many times how I need one of those and I just oh, yeah. trying to squeeze your way around the fucking parts to get right to the back and you're stretching up. Oh man, God damn. Yeah. And, and actually cleaning out under the net only takes about maybe 30 minutes, but you know, I just, I remember Ooh. not enjoying it. very No, nah, it takes me fucking ages. Well, I suppose you're only in a small tent, but when I, when two by four straight yeah, across the front, when I've when got the go around and around and around like you do. When I've got that whole four by four with the oh. four plants in it and they've been vegging for six, seven weeks and they've just gone through their stretch and all ready to be chopped. I'm there for fucking hours, man. I'd load up a long ass podcast and I'd sit there for hours, just snip, snip, snip. I'd take, I'm fuck, I'd take everything off underneath mm -hmm. it. And it, it'll be shown on that video again. If you check out the, uh, just if you search YouTube for Jack Herrera montage, you'll find it for sure. And it will show you step by step what it looks like when it's real bushy underneath the screen and then how much you take off. And you're taking off like two thirds of the plant. It's a big, big it's, bucket it's of leaves massive. you take off. Mm -hmm. Big. And, you know, that's good to put into your worm farm. The worms yeah. love that shit. And you'd even take off buds that are growing there, little buds and shit, because you don't want the plant wasting energy on things down the bottom there. You want it to spend all the energy on making the good buds at the top of the screen. That's what you're doing the whole thing for. So and that that even canopy can look beautiful, man. First time I did it, my missus was very impressed. When I opened that tent, mouth just dropped wide open, like wow. Mm -hmm, I mean, because mm -hmm. it's literally a sea of buds. Yeah. Yeah, it's just absolutely no wasted space at all. Mm -mm. Wall to wall. Yeah, man. It's good shit. I recommend everybody tries it because it 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 looks real nice. It's the best way to, you know, it's the most efficient way to use your growth space, you'll use every inch of it this way. There won't be, you know, any light getting through to the bottom and bouncing off the floor. It just goes straight into the plants. And that's so, what the commercial growers told me all about it. First time I saw mm -hmm. a commercial grower, the guy says, if you got light passing through your plant and hit the bottom on your floor, you're wasting money. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes the buds can grow a bit too tall once you've flipped them and you don't want to be bending the stems and stuff. So on occasion, people would use a net to try and support the, the buds above that so there's like two screens in you might see that sometimes but the the screen at the top doesn't have to be 3.5 centimeters that's just going to be like a net just for support in that way when a screen is um more for training the plant you know it's really easy to make your own you just it just takes a little bit of uh skill there's different ways of doing it as well yeah you can either use wood and the metal frame or you can use the PVC pipes there, like Bubble Hawk said, and you can uh, just uh, use some string in those. They're easy to do. I just use the PVC glue, put it together. You can get the 90-degree corners. Mm -hmm. get the, you can just make it all the right size exactly to fit just inside the inside of a 4x4, four 4x8, four, four whatever it has to be, and then, yeah, just a touch of, touch of glue in them and stick mm -hmm. them together, and away you go. I just 
I used uh, cup hooks along along the PVC pipes that all I had to do was really quickly just take the string and just it strings it so fast. That mm. way, when you're done, just cut it off. Every time, put a new string, new uh, new screen up. Perfect, easy. Lots of ways just, you can do this, and it doesn't cost mm, a lot of money. Mm. I normally just put a couple of screws, so I'll just do this like a just a standard screw into it. That um, works too. Into the PVC, and then you can just wrap around it. You know, mm -hmm. and you just you just mark out your your um your grid along the outside, drill mm -hmm. the holes in, and just go. Just start um start knitting away. Pretty much, it works. So that, that's pretty much it. you know you've got your four plants or however many plants underneath a screen, like we've said, like a metal grid, three and a half centimeters each square, which is however long your tent is. And then you just letting the plant grow, and as it grows upwards into the screen, you're just tucking it back down and spreading it out sideways. That that's pretty much what you're doing for about three or four weeks. Then the flip comes, then you train for another week or so after that, and then you stop and let the rest of the plant just grow a little bit over the top of the screen. And that's about it. You're done. It's it is easy. It just takes time. It takes a lot of patience, you know. And then after that flip where you've got to uh, take off two thirds of the plant growth. It takes a lot of balls as well. You know, you, at first you think you're going to cause a lot of damage to your plant, but they will recover from everything. You just, they are very hardy plants. Mm -hmm. And one thing we didn't talk about is one, one good thing to use a scrog for is let's say you're growing something like, uh, I've got strawberry cough in the tent right now that actually is way too tall for what I'm doing that should have been scrog. Mm -hmm. So if you have something like a leggy sativa or a tall plant that you want to grow, in a small tent, the scrog can easily help you control the height. It's a great way to control the height. Then, uh, what strains don't scrog well besides your must all, all strains will scrog well. Uh, you can in, even in my scrog opinion. an auto man. Autos will mm -hmm. scrog if you do it right. Mm -hmm. Yes, they definitely oh. will. There's like saying scrog. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is difficult to squeeze into the tent as well. You, you know, you're trying to get around everything and make sure that's done. And you have to do it low down usually. You know, you might do it on a desk or something, and then it'll be higher up off the ground. But still, it's a lot of, you know, back bending and, and training shit. And it can mm -hmm. do you back in. So be careful with that too. But it's definitely recommended if you haven't done it before or if you haven't seen one before, then you should definitely get yourself a scrub up and running. It's a great way to grow and you'll get some pocket buds out of it. Sorry, Mark. Don't need a four by four to scrub. You can scrub in a two by two. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can one plant will scrub if that's what you want to do. Yeah, you can scrub four, you can scrub eight if you want to do it. 60 centimeter tent, one plant in it mm -hmm. in a nice little yeah. screen of green. Beautiful. Nice way to grow, actually, in a little mm -hmm. four foot tall tent. You know, with short mm -hmm. tent, you can keep that height really well with a scrog. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, that's what, four or five ounces of bud at the end yeah, of, man, of that for, sure. for one plant. Mm -hmm. it's, you're not, you're not um, stuck with just using a tent for it either. You can always do it outside. You can always set yourself up a scrog outside and do it. Not that many people would, but if you're going for stealth, and you want to try and keep it low, it is a good option for if you've got a big bed outside that you're growing in, you want to try and keep that low and, and below a fence line. That works. I know a few people that do it here. Ross Greenthumb says, I did six in a room. Fucking nice. Mm -hmm. How'd you reach the back, bro? <laughs> <laughs> he did it. That's all we got to know, huh? Mm -hmm. so you just got to be able to walk around it all, but it's worth it. It's just so efficient. But it takes time. I mean... 
I say it's worth it and you should do it. And I've done it many times, but it's not like I've done it on my last couple of grows. It's just, I don't know, having to reach around the back and do all that shit. And then actually... In the back. (laughs) And then then actually... Then actually raising the screen and shit, that that can be a pain in the ass as well. And I have mine, because that's another point we should bring up as well, is uh, how do you actually hang the the net in there or the, the screen? And some people build legs on it so it would stand on the ground. And mm-hmm. But I think that takes up room in the tent. And it's difficult to adjust the height of it then. You need a lot of books to put under the legs, you know, if you need it higher. But what I do is just use uh, some ratchet straps around the top of the tent, like where the light is hung. And then uh, you can just adjust the height of the scrog whenever you need to then. You just click in the ratchet straps. That's a nice, easy way to get things done. Good way to support it without taking up room at the bottom of the tent as well. I just zip my zip tie my frame to the corner poles. I built the frame so it's fits just mm-hmm. perfectly inside. Just you know, four zip ties. When I'm done, again, just like with the string, cut them out. Take the frame, comes out easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we did. Zip ties are fantastic. Zip ties, zip ties for the win. Yep. <laughs> See what I do with mine at the end as well. When it comes to harvest time, is I'll just chop the plants right at the base, and then I'll just flip the the scrug upside down and because it's a metal screen rather than being made of string you know you mm-hmm. put to put the ratchet strap in the middle flip it up on itself like a coin flip and then not no offense much <laughs> <laughs> come on too soon <laughs> and then yeah just flip it over and it's, it's done it's ready to hang just like that you can trim off a lot of the leaves if you want to at that point but nice easy to easy way to harvest the plants as well and then even if you do it different, you know, you can top up, chop off all the buds at the top and then uh, collect them all, trim them. You can flip the scrog around and just use the, or, or high, raise it up a bit and you can just use that to hang all your plants on or all your buds and shit to let them dry. So that's another good time, a good way of using your scrog. So it's all around win-win so far. It's like It just takes uh, the stretching, make sure you can get to the back of your tent and they're stuck in there when they're in there but if you if you ain't going to move your plants if anyway if they're fine where they are if you're a legal grower for example and you can just grow your plants legally no trouble you're doing a scrub would be a we don't give a fuck no or you don't give a fuck yeah (laughs) then doing a scrub it's a real nice hobby as well it keeps you busy it's like a a bonsai that you actually like (laughs) (laughs) rather than growing a plant for 50 years and training it every two years it's good shit Definitely, definitely recommended. Is there anything else we should add here to the screen of green? Anybody got any important information that we're missing? No? Hmm. No, I don't think so either. I think it's all pretty much covered, but just uh, just recommend that you try it, that you get a scrog, you can build it yourself. You know, if you need any help, you know, to come over to Percy's and we can help you out over there. Check out that video on Percy's Grow Room's YouTube channel it's on, but if you just search for Jack Herra Grow Diary, then you'll find it and you'll be able to see the the um the scrub that I have and how to run through the whole grow. It starts from seedling all the way up to harvest man. So you'll see, you'll see it step by step and it'll help you understand what's going on. But it's definitely something everybody should try because you'll be massively impressed with your grow skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but I think my grow two technique it, I, it's a it's a technique I visit from time to time, put it mm-hmm. that way. But yeah, it's good to know. I love I love learning all these different things. Like I just just tried my first sog, it it failed miserably, but 
doesn't mean I'm not going to try again. Mm. That's right, man. Can so, you uniscrog, multiscrog? Uh, you can, sorry. Chilbert says you can uniscrog, multi-uniscrog. Yes. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, that is a, a way. But it, it don't. it's not the same as having one whole screen. Because yeah. some some branches might grow longer than the others, and you need to stretch them into like where the other plants are growing, so they weave together a little bit like that. So it's a little different. It's an option. I've seen several growers at Percy's come up with different ways to attach that scrognet to the pot. So it's kind of neat when they do that. Mm -hmm. I've seen guys do it on like a lazy Susan as well. So like they'll put the plant on top of the lazy Susan and then they can just spin the whole plant scrog included. So everything's attached to a pot to the pot basically. Mm. And then they just spin the plant in the tent. Yeah. Nice. It's good shit, man. I mean, I did a big scrog of that one lemon haze mother I had. I think that was the last scrog I did. And that was mm -hmm. fucking huge, man. <laughs> it's like one plant was in 75 liters of soil. Just grown underneath a scrog. Seventy-five, holy fuck! Yeah, it's massive. It was, mate. Still got that pot as well. Nick might do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good shit. Check out the video, and if you have any questions, head over to PercyScrogum.com, and we have to help you out if you're thinking about getting a scrog up and running. But we do highly recommend that you do do it. It's a nice, efficient way to grow, and you'll make the most out of your space. So, do some scrogging. We, have, we do have questions that we should be answering as well. From Gonzo over on Persis, he said, when is my seedling considered in veg? Like, when do I turn up my light? So, yeah, it's about the question, really. Anybody no. want to take this away? No? Yeah. <laughs> like, <I'm> like, <laughs> no two or no three is what I call it, out of the seedling stage and into veg, you know? Hmm. I say when it's, and you can't tell, but when like the first few uh, weeks, maybe one or two weeks of, of a plant's life is usually, there's mostly spent the energy is growing the roots. That's why you don't see a ton of um, growth up top. And then all of a sudden it just is like, Bleh! you know, yeah. when it yeah. does that, that's veg in my opinion. The, the seedling is kind of just getting set and then veg is like, let's fucking yeah. give her ready to go. Yeah, it's, it's, I've seen like Jorge Cervantes and Ed Rosenthal. Then guys will recommend like it's considered the seedling for four to six weeks. Yeah, it's a bit long. Yeah, I thought In that when opinion. I read it. I mean, I, I think after about a week, once you start developing them true sets of leaves, you know, say it's about two nodes high. If, if I could put my camera on, I'll show you because I've got some which I think right now are about I was stepping out of the seedling stage and going into that bed stage. You know, and they're about maybe three weeks old. I think that's definitely, well, when you're three weeks old, you're definitely in the veg stage at that point, around mm -hmm. the seedling stage. And I think you're right there, TG, with the uh, roots as well. It's more about the roots, how big the roots yeah. are. In the when, beginning, when, yeah. Anybody else want to add any? When do you consider yours to be in veg, Marge? Do you, or you just do autos, so? Yeah, I've been doing autos and the microgrows. So when you're doing the microgrows, obviously, you're just doing the 12-12 light cycle the yeah. whole time. You're in veg until simple. the flowers come, yeah. So, uh, TG, you, you, when do you consider your photo periods to be in seedling? Is there a specific number of weeks, or does it depend on what strain you're growing? Well, you know, pseudo-scientifically, for me, it's when I know that I'm not, they're not going to just die for, like, some weird reason. Yeah. You know, they're very delicate in the beginning due to, like, being able to dry out. You know, if you miss one watering, you can mm. potentially kill a seedling because mm. you don't want to overwater them, but you don't want to water them 
too little, right? So it's a very delicate balance I find to really, you know, keep them healthy and stuff. After you can start like saturating the pot and really kind of stop giving a fuck, essentially. Um, that's to me, and that's a, and usually about one and a half to two weeks is when I kind of am okay with things once they're going. Cool. What were you saying, Monkey? What about you? Uh, like I said, it was about about three no ties where I'll go with it. Um, and same exact reasons you're all talking about, because by the time the plant is, is starting to build that third node, usually I start plants in smaller, like solo cups. Mm-hmm. And that root base is, has already filled the cup up and the plant's starting to accelerate its growth. So at that point, it's, 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 uh, it's in veg to me. Yeah, yeah. So there we go, Gonzo. About two or three weeks in. And we also have something from Fish here. He said, when is the right time to add PK13, 14? And when to stop? Hmm. Do you use PK thirteen fourteen, right, Monkey? I do. Uh, actually, I use a different formula, but I use a PK just uh, mm-hmm. because mine is stronger. I just use a little bit less. But I start the PK at at a one fourth strength recommended when I start seeing true flowers, and then I'll ex- I'll up that up to about fifty percent recommended rate around mid flower. And then I start tapering that back down toward the end of flower and eliminate it for the last two weeks completely. We just, when you said one fourth there for you, you was like talking about a half, half. So you're talking about. Yeah. But half, half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> half, half, half label recommendation. No, but I don't go in. I don't want to go in full strength with PK. I find I've found at least a PK that I use. If I come in too strong with it, I get burned pistols real fast. The pistols will start turning, turning orange on me and, and dying off prematurely. Yeah, so I, I would uh, start seeing that. I back off PK. Yeah, well, when I started seeing flowers, I'd use PK thirteen. I don't right now because I'm growing in soil organically, so I'm not really using anything like that. It's all in the soil in the first place. But when it was in cocoa days, I'd start as soon as I start to see flowers forming. Then I'd be like, "Then flowers need food," so that's when yeah. you want to put the PK thirteen fourteen in. And I'll do the same as you. I start with one quarter dose. Yeah. You really don't want to overfeed cannabis because that's one of the worst things you can do. You'll find out as a home grower that these, these uh, fertilizer companies are really trying to, to make money off of you. You don't need that stuff and the plants grow better if you mm-hmm. feed it less. And a lot of these companies were made, they made their fertilizers and nutrients for uh, vegetables. And cannabis isn't a vegetable. It don't need to produce these thick massive fruits that a lot of vegetable plants do it's a herb so it doesn't need as much food as vegetable plant needs so you you try not to feed it too much it's better to feed not enough than too much we always recommend for any stage of growth start off at about a quarter strength on the bottle and then work your way up from there that way you won't burn your plants and kill them right out the the gate Mm -hmm. so you can always add it's harder to take it back what about you with the autos, Marge? Uh, well, you're in living soil as well, aren't you? Yeah, so I don't really worry about anything, mm-hmm. usually. And same for you, TG. Mm-hmm. So yeah. don't really don't really need it, do we? So it's just you, Monkey. Uh, then we have one from Jalert uh, here, our member of the month. So Jalert. Uh, question for Mackie. Did you ever work out the name of the strain in the unmarked pot you said tasted like the sweets refreshers? And when I read this question, I was like, damn, yeah, I remember that fucking. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but no, I still don't know what the fuck it was. It was probably a pink Starburst or something, man. It's something fucking, I wish I knew what it was. But damn. <laughs> but even still, the recent lemon tree that I had, which is now gone, 
but I've got one to maybe two. I think I've got two to take down and they smell just like the previous ones did. So I'm happy about that. But yeah, that lemon tree is, is the dog's bollocks, man. And I, I'd rate that over the ones which tasted like refreshers, really, because that is the good shit. So yeah, try that lemon tree from Barney's Farm if anybody wants to check something out. But yeah, still no idea what it was. I haven't even thought about it until you brought it up, but that was a nice strain to whatever it was. But that was a nice um, phenotype of that strain. You know, you can't really uh-huh. tell if it was that particular strain. You just might have got lucky with one plant from True. that one seed. It's not very often you come across plants that fucking tasty. But do try out the lemon tree. That one has been a, um, consist- a consistent uh, nice one. So I do like that. Then we have a question there from Dan, the indoor man. Uh, got a question about LST, about the LST episode. When you break a branch, is that HST, you know, high stress training? And how can I use that to my advantage? Hmm. How to break a branch to his advantage? Yeah, I mean, when you break a branch for high stress training methods like that, then it's it's not really you're snapping it. You're breaking the inside of the branch. Yeah. And you don't want to break the skin on the outside. If you break the skin on the outside, then it's possible that uh, mold spores can get in there and that will travel around the plant until it gets to the nice juicy bud section and start growing on the inside of the plant there. So and you don't want that to happen then. Yeah. So uh, when you're trying to do these high stress training techniques, like uh, monster cropping and super cropping and shit like that, where you're breaking stems, then you just have to squeeze it so the inside of the fibers of the branch break rather than the skin on the outside. Yeah, you want to take a piece of the stem that's not woody yet, still got a little, a good bit of green in it. But mm-hmm. like Mackie says, it's scary first time. You put your fingers on it and start squeezing, and all of a sudden it's going to give and just pop in your fingers. And the whole stem will just kind of wants to flop over at that point because you've taken all the interior tissue and just mashed it to goo, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, the plant will recover. Mm-hmm. But that allows you to bend that stem and you can tie it down in any position you want and it'll recover and it'll build a knuckle right there and have increased vigor through that knuckle. And you can, if you've got a problem with training as well, if it's just one branch that won't stay down and you can squeeze it to break the branch on the inside and then it'll, you can bring that like 90 degrees all the way down then. Yeah. But when you're super cropping like that, a lot of times you'll have to tie them down or anchor them down because sometimes they'll want to heal themselves and pop right back up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These Pain things the are strong and resilient. <laughs> these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is shocking how quickly it'll fix itself and just look like it, nothing even happened. So make sure you tie them down properly. If you're doing that kind of thing and it can happen a lot when you're using them fucking bends, man, bends can be a bastard. They can either fully break your your branch or they can like super crop it as it grows because the plant will fatten out and, mm. and the branch will push against the plastic bends and force them outwards. And that, that kind of super crops them. When that, when that gets wooden, then you can take it off. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I know I said bends can be a bastard, but they are good. Do get, a, you know, get 50 of them just lying around. It's always good to have because it makes everything so easy when you come to training them. Or if you've got that one branch that just wants to take a piss and grow taller than the rest, just stick a bend on it. So they're good to have around. But high stress training methods like that, I don't know. I wouldn't really recommend them. I wouldn't say it was really necessary when you can just do scrogs. 
Now, what do you think, TJ? Have you ever done any of these uh, high stress training techniques? Not really. I top. That's a high stress training. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I chop off branches where I need to, or if they annoy me. But <laughs> no, I don't do much super cropping or kind of any of that kind of shit. I just, like I said, I grow lots of plants. So generally, my tent is full just with a couple small modifications. You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I and I don't know. Once yeah, I find it's less work, I do bend. You know, I, I top my plant, and as the branches start growing out, I'll I'll stick in like plant, you know, uh, spike things, metal things into the soil, and either pull the branches down underneath them like they're hoops, or else mm-hmm. use a use a plant tie to pull them down. But uh, no, I just grow plants with fucking Hulk Hogan level fucking stems so you don't need any support you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that if you've got proper wind flow then <laughs> fans hitting your plant and shit they they will grow branches and stems that are strong enough to hold themselves up it's not very often you need mm-hmm. you know, support if it's uh grown with a proper fan in the room can be on yeah and it's hard work when you got lots of plants as well you know you can't scrog fucking 12 plants that'd be a mission well if you were to do that efficiently, you'd probably be growing in like a fucking, you know, a room, a mm-hmm. giant room. Mm-hmm. You can't, you're not in a four by four. <clears throat> yeah. Because even with one, one topping, you know, the, the plants branch out quite a bit and mm-hmm. they fill up a four by four. I only get usually about three, three by three, you know, nine plants is kind of my comfortable thing I do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sweet. That fills it. And I think that is all the questions. We did have one in the chat there, which popped up, I think. Where was that? Uh, here from Pollinated High. What are your thoughts on stem stabbing? I just read something about it and I'm not sure if it's real or bro science. That is full on bro science, bro. You don't be stabbing your branches and shit. Stem stabbing? Is well, you never heard that? No, right, stem putting stem a nail in, in the stem. I've yeah. heard of that one. You know, Splitting the stem thinking, wide open, like, drilling a hole in it. That yeah, kind of yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking in my mind, it was like acupuncture, kind of like <laughs> no. everywhere. Yeah, they don't say stress the plant before you harvest it, like two days earlier, and it's supposed to go crazy and produce a resin. But I've, I mean, look, yeah. if it worked, everybody'd be doing it already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ice cubes on your soil, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that plants hate ice cubes on your soil. Pro science. <laughs> Cannabis does not like <laughs> ice cold water on its roots. No, nothing does. Do you no. like it on you? So. No, it's well, just like, if it's like anything else, man. If it, if it seems like that just don't make sense, it's probably because it don't fucking work. So yeah. you know, somebody's like, stab the branches, split the stem in half. It's like, that don't sound like it would work. It's probably because it don't fucking work. <laughs> no, if it yeah. worked, everybody'd be doing it. It'd be out there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. If they're having to convince you to do it, nah, yeah. it don't work. Best way to make good weed is have happy plants. That's it. For the whole way. Don't stress them. Let them do their thing naturally. Yeah. That's right. Stabbing it is not going to make it happy. No. (laughs) Not at all. There you go. So. (laughs) Would you be happy if somebody stabbed you? No. There are some people, maybe. There are some people. Right then, kids out of Scream. Scream one. Remember that? They're the outliers, though. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it depends on the phenotype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. But yeah, I think that That's is all the questions point. we have for today. So 
So thanks for all the questions, everybody. And that is Scrocken as well. If you have any questions at all, you can find us over at persisgrown.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for High and Homegrown and we'll be able to help you out. But yes, we're going to have a week off next week. Don't forget, everybody, we're going to, on Sunday, there will not be a live show. And the instead of the Cannabis News on the Monday and the Grow Guides on Friday, that will be uh, interviews as well because we've got lots of interviews to get out there to everybody. And everybody seems to really like them as well. We, we do have good interviews. So <laughs> they get the most amount of downloads out of all of our shows. People enjoy the interviews more than anything. Yeah. Well, it's did. always cool to hear what people are doing out there in the cannabis world, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. we don't really do interviews. We, we like to have good conversations with people. We want to know a little bit about them, not just ask questions. So, yeah, that's our mm-hmm. style. And, our, and everybody we do that with seems to want to come back. So that's so a good thing. We have this week Professor Mike Barnes on Tuesday. And Andrew D'Angelo, who's Steve D'Angelo's brother, on Thursday. That would be interesting. And then on Monday next week, which is on the 13th, we have Captain Matt from the Worm Farm channel. She's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And then, yeah, uh, Chris Trump's coming back on the 21st. Rizo Rich is another one which we've had scheduled. She's on the 30th. Uh, and, and then Lucky Yates mm-hmm. on the 5th of July is also another good one, who's Dr. K from the TV show Archer. So mm-hmm. very cool. That's cool. That's some cool interviews coming, up. coming back on the what is it the sixteenth mm-hmm. to talk to us. Be nice. Got a lot of a lot of good ones coming up. Yeah, man. Very good. Very good. And we have got some good ones in the in the background that need to come out as well because we do two a week but only release one a week, so it's kind of got a backlog. And there's some good ones we should want to get out there. So we want to get that done next week too. Oh, mission though, mission. It's always lots of work. Everybody enjoys it, so it's all good. Yeah, uh, Chris Trump is, I think he's over in Ireland right now, Chris Trump. That's where he was heading. And that's where he will be when we do the interview. He'll be in Ireland somewhere. Well, I'll tell you what, I've taken some of Chris Trump's advice and and I've applied the JMS stuff that he he talked to us about in the interview to my Mm -hmm. citrus trees. I have never seen lemon trees pray like that before in my life. I came out the next morning after putting JMS down. I mean, soaking the soil in JMS on that lemon tree. And I, I, could, I looked at the tree and said, what is this? I mean, every leaf was pointing to the sky. Unbelievable nice. stuff. They had pineapples that were kind of like lost. It lost their vigor from the winter and stuff. They were kind of just pale and just ugh, put the JMS on them. The next day they were standing proud and greener than can be, man. I, this stuff works. Mm. I'm sold. I'm a believer. I got, I got more questions next time we talk back, Toby and Mackey. Got yeah, yeah. Same. Now, man, you know, he's but, opened a can of worms. I got to figure out some stuff now. But yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Man. He's always happy to sit and chat with us. He's, he's a good guy, man. I like Chris. Oh, yeah. But I'm looking forward to that one next week on Monday as well. So there we go, everybody. That was Scroggin. I hope you learned a lot from this episode. It's very difficult to explain exactly what Scroggin is with just audio only. So if you head over to Percy's Grow Room YouTube channel, there's a video there that will show you step by step everything you need to do to make your own Scrog grow. And it looks real nice. It's real. It's an easy way to grow, but there's certain parts of it that are going to be a little bit difficult. So if you want to do a Scrog, head over and watch that video over on the YouTube channel. It will make a lot of sense and it will explain a lot of things that you listen to in this episode too. 
but I highly recommend you get your own scrug up and running. So do that and you'll see it's, it's a real nice way to grow. You'll enjoy it. But uh, in the meantime, don't forget, we don't have a live show on Sunday this week. We're just going to have interviews coming out all next week. So make sure you tune in for the interviews next week. So for now, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Stay high, stay safe. Don't forget to come and sign up to Percy's Grow Room if you haven't done that already. And share this episode with friends. That would be massively appreciated. So I'll catch you next week on Monday for an interview. Nice. See you then. Have a good weekend, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.